This is Company, the podcast. I'm Sky Manson. Company is a podcast produced in rural Australia, bringing together ambitious women in the bush, the city and all over the world. I've known today's guest for a long time. Stephanie Corkill-Hiles has been an artist for 22 years and I think she is the world's most positive person. Anyone who knows her will agree, I know they will. This positivity shines through in all of her works and as you'll learn today in her rituals at home on her farm between Bookham and Jugyong, she was almost my neighbour growing up, and her approach to life and her children in general. This conversation really gave me a sense of calm and I hope that it has the same everything's going to be okay effect on you too. Here she is. Well, my name's Steph and I'm a mother of four healthy children, um, an artist, a teacher, a wellbeing facilitator, and I help out on um, our property with my husband, Halsey, um, one of 10 children and just doing what I love. So Steph, tell me uh, a little bit about exactly where you live. Uh, so we live um, near Jugyong, so between Bookham and Jugyong, and we live on a sheep and wool property there, and it's really beautiful space, and that's my daily inspiration. And tell me, what's it been like for you guys over the last, oh, what are we now? I don't know, six weeks? Um, it's It's been a really... Um, initially I think it was really difficult because we had never done this before and we were trying to work out how this works and and then all of a sudden you kind of get in the swing of it and um, our four beautiful children were home and we have absolutely loved that family time they're all nearly teenagers and it's a completely different journey now Um, and beautiful conversations and I think it's a time we'll never get back and one that's really precious and I'll always cherish it and I think they will too. Give me a little insight into what your daily lives look like at the moment and how the kids are making the most of that home time with mum and dad. Um, Well, today, so Mont is one of our 12-year-old twins and um, nearly 13 and he gets up early and goes and rides the horse regardless of weather and um, then I wake Trix and Mori up because they they would sleep and sleep and sleep. Um, I get up early and always go for a walk with our dogs and watch the sunrise. I get beautiful my energy for everything when I watch the sunrise and set. Um, And Halsey's, you know, for us, we're on the land and we're doing what we do. Um, It's rained and he's got a bit more time, not now, not feeding and um, we're crutching and shearing today and there's always jobs to do, but we're kind of isolated anyway. So... This is, um, it hasn't been an overly big thing because we've been able to get out and do our normal stuff, really. 
I was reading a newsletter today from uh, Colleen Southwell, actually, who's the garden curator on Instagram, and she's been one of my guests on this on these podcasts, and I love everything that she does. And she was reflecting on this time too, and she said, I just love that there's been a, um, I think she called it a swelling of interest for um, homemaker kind of pursuits, so things like gardening and making and cooking and and other pastimes. And that's so what it is, isn't it, that we've just been able to dive back into all those things that we kind of saw as um, special treats if we had a bit of extra time or a Sunday up our sleeve, but now it's part of the everyday. Yeah, and I think, well, we <laughs> we started out, I decided I was going to teach our children and Halsey how to crochet. And we were going to um, awesome. crochet a rug. So we're all doing squares and some are doing better than others. But um, that even that, like it was just a new skill and one that they might use in the future, they might not. But it was something to do together. And the idea of a blanket being sewn together from all those parts um, got me excited. It's not over. It's not going to be a very big blanket at this stage, but um, but it was just beautiful to put it out there and do it. And a memento of this time. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Yep. Steph, tell me more about your early mornings. I love that. I'm. I used to be an early early riser, but now I'm so not. And I'm I'm sort of I, I've just. I hate that. I, I wish that I was, but I can't drag myself out of bed. There will be time later in life. Um, but just tell me about what it does for you and why you love it so much. Um, I think for me, I'm a, I go to bed early and I get up early. And I, um, I think for me to walk up our hill and feel the muscles in my legs moving and to watch the sun come up over the hills, the copper bellas, I just, it just is the best start to my day. And it, even if I wake up tired or, you know, something that I've got worries or didn't have very good sleep, if I start like that, then that is how I set my day. And at least I've started off on the right foot. And it's a really, gives you perspective on everything. And, um, and it, as I said before, it just gives me energy. The sun gives me energy. And even if it's raining, I just love the feel and the smell and and being, I just feel really blessed to live where we do and have those experiences. And often you share those moments on Instagram and um, through, through your website. Tell me a bit about that too. I'm sure that you just feel so energetic and energised and that you want to share it with other people. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. And I think too, Sky, at the moment, I think there's a lot of struggle at the moment with um, lots of different things. And there always has been in life and we all have our ups and downs. But um, I think... Um, I have got beautiful feedback from Instagram and Facebook with just images that I and I and beautiful messages that um, have really helped people and that started a long time ago and it's just something I've kept on doing and and I think um, to share positivity and to share your thoughts with others or share that you're not going so well is really powerful. Um, 
yeah so I think I think we need positivity I just we need to try and um, look at our life with that glass half full if we can I couldn't think of a more positive person than you, Steph. I just, you just radiate it always in so many ways. Um, for people listening, I, Steph lives um, and, and Halsey live quite close to where I grew up at Bookham and our families have known each other for such a long time. Um, so I'm lucky that I get to bump into Steph um, with some, some occasional regularity. Um, Tell me, Steph, about your that positivity. Does it come naturally to you or um, do you have to harvest it? Um, I think, Mum, I've come from a really positive family um, when I was little. I think my mother always was very much um, half glass full. And for me, the alternative doesn't get me very far. So um, I feel like if I can try really hard to look at gratitude and look at what I have got and not focus on so much what I haven't got or where I'm not going or should I be doing this or should I be doing that, um, I think that over-chatter in our minds is really um, destructive. Mm -hmm. And I think um, I think it's we're just from a very, I feel like, very positive family and, and grounded family and I think that's definitely laid the foundations for who we all are. Have you always been an artist? Yes, always, always. So beautifully encouraged by um, especially my mother. So when we were little, I think mum got um, sick of us drawing on the walls and in our <laughs> small hall, <laughs> she used to cover the small hall weekly or daily, depending on how much we covered it, with brown paper and she'd change it you know so we could do it and um I think to me being an artist and being in that creative world and seeing things in that way um I just always wanted to be there I didn't know what I wanted to do within that but I knew that I wanted to use that creativity in some way and um then I've been doing that for 20 uh, professionally for 22 years and there's definitely been lots of ups and downs and all of that but it's been yeah I've always wanted to be in that world and I'm very blessed to be able to do it I think and have the courage to do it. And how has your brand and business as an artist evolved over those 22 years? Um, well I think it's a really interesting world the art world and I think um, initially when I first started out so I met Halsey in Sydney when I was at art school and he was just down for the weekend and I met him at a pub. And if I look at the whole gallery space and everything, and I remember taking him to a gallery then and thinking, you know, there was no understanding there of what this was really. Um, but it was very gallery based then. And I think now we're really, really lucky to have social media and we can, you know, run our own ship and um, if we want to, and galleries definitely are fantastic and have the most wonderful, um, um, ex can expose artists so beautifully. But I feel like if um, the social media has helped us so much because we can, you know, 
we can tell a story behind things and it's not just a picture on a wall or um, a painting or a photo. It's we can tell the story behind it. And I feel like that's what resonates with people. So that's how it's changed, I think, and evolved and for the better, very much for the better. Your your artworks are uh, bold and bright and uh, that positivity totally shines through. How do you describe them? Um, I feel like they're, I like to think that they make people happy, um, that there's a, maybe a deeper message. Um, I think they are really vibrant. And interesting enough, at uni, I, in my second year of uni, I couldn't use colour. I just somehow had a colour block. And I feel like, I think it must have been nearly seven, eight months. I just couldn't use colour for somehow. And my lecturer at the time said, just start black and white and greys. And so all my images for those eight months were all black and white and grey. And then he said, just add in a primary colour. So the first primary colour was red and then yellow and then blue. And I slowly got back into it. And I feel like... The colour is gives you energy and it puts a smile on your face. But it's my artworks, I think, maybe stir emotion, um, whether it's the title or reading into it a little bit, the story behind it. Um, and, yeah, I, I feel like they're pieces that I feel blessed if people choose them to, you know, to be in their homes and to live with them. That's just the most beautiful gift of all. I have one of your artworks which you so kindly gifted to me um, before I was married at a, at a shower tea and it's an etching of a tree and it's purple and I completely love it because it was a gift and, um, and, it's, and it's by you and, so, and it, it isn't saturated in colour but it's just such, has such a special time, um, special place in my heart because it's reminiscent of that time in my life and I think um, that's what artworks do for a lot of people, don't they? Yeah, and I think um, and you can look at your own art collection and how that changes over years and then as we get older what resonates with us more and, mm. and you know, sometimes I feel like we do need that calming for our eye you know rest on color or limited color or so yeah it's definitely tells that story and journey of lots of different things I think so you are sitting in your studio um tell me a bit about that and whether or not during isolation art has um changed or blossomed or been on hold because you haven't had any time (laughs) Uh, I think, um, so my studio is the original house on our property and um, it's the early 1900s it's built and um, we've done a fair bit of work on it to bring it back together. It had pretty big cracks in the wall. But um, when we first moved here um, 13, 14 years ago, um, we took some paling off um, near the fireplace and underneath the fireplace there were these beautiful charcoal drawings on the wall and I think it has always been an art studio or an artist's living space in some way and and the light that comes in here and um, 
it's got a beautiful beautiful feel and i <laughs> i just cannot wait to get in here daily so i am in here daily whether it's for four minutes 40 minutes or four hours um it's definitely been my space and i think over this time for me it's always been really important that my children see me doing what i love and um i think in this this isolated time they know that I've always been in here I haven't kind of moved from this space for well Archie's 17 so it's been you know you know somewhere I've had a, a studio space so they've been used to it and I do my morning jobs and get everyone set up and they're and they're doing school and they text me if they need help or come out and Monsters come out a minute ago and did like a watercolour workshop in here with his art teacher on Zoom. So, yeah, it's just so good. this is a ever-evolving space. <laughs> and have your, has your, um, have your artworks changed since being in isolation? Has it had any influence on the way you are doing things? Um, I think, I think maybe, um, faster. I've just been <laughs> yeah. creating really fast and, um, doing probably four works at once. Um, I work in acrylic, so they're fast drying and that's the only thing I think they're, they are still full of color, but, um, there's also a piece that I did that was called Hope and um, we're all in this together and it's a piece that a beautiful friend of mine described of her morning walk with a calf and a cow on mm. either side of the fence and they're kissing, no, like they're kissing, touching noses and I think at the moment that resonated with me. So that was early on that I created that one and that is limited colour but it just tells a story by the figures and the pose of this calf and cow. Oh, that sounds so gorgeous. You, you're not just an artist. There's so many strings to your bow. I don't even really know where to start, but maybe um, if we run through it sequentially. So you've always been an artist, but now you have workshops. You've, um, you, you have self-published two books um, and you you have a newsletter and a great following on on social media as well so when did all these things come about and how do you manage them all <laughs> um to me my creativity is my um creative wellness and for me they all run together i started um probably um, with the self-publishing of books with a beautiful friend of mine, Danette Watson, and she lives over near Young. And um, we, I was pregnant with tricks and nobody knew that I was pregnant with tricks. And um, I was pretty scared because Archie's experience wasn't, um, it wasn't overly good. So I wanted to change it a bit, but this beautiful girl rang me and said, I need, I'm writing a book and I'd like you to illustrate it. And I said, well, and it's on pregnancy and birth. And I said, well, nobody knows, but I am pregnant. And um, it started that journey um, together. And, and that was a really positive journey. So we self-published a book, 25 Ways to Awaken Your Birth Power. And then um, I said, if the birth goes really well, then we will publish it. But if it's not, then we're not going to publish it. <laughs> so we went on to publish and did two print runs of two or three print runs of that book and then two print runs of the mother's book. 
And then, um, and then we went on and we did workshops related to that as well. So that kind of started the workshop idea. And then I decided that I, when the boys were really little, that I'd do fitness training. And I studied um, by distance group group training and then taught aerobics. And your dad used to come to Of Sky. course, I've forgotten yeah. about that. Yeah, so he used to come and um, at Bookham and Jugyong and they were really fun. So that was eight years that I did that. And then I hurt my back, so I had to kind of stop that. But um, then I realised how important it was for people to get together and especially country people. So I couldn't do the exercise, group exercise anymore. So I started the workshops, which is the wellness workshops. and that's called filling my well and the reason why I did that was I wanted to create a day workshop for women mostly women at the moment um, that was as women I think we naturally give and give until we haven't got very much left and um, it's about topping up your well and nurturing for a day you know and a day workshop is so achievable so that's why it was a day and it's all the things I love so it's gentle exercise art um, positivity we look at you know areas of health we look at our um, we have yummy food and it's just a really step off day and kind of a it's a bit of a reboot in a lot of ways um, so then the journeys and we do that in our shearers huts which we restored uh, Halsey and I four years ago five years ago and it's just evolved and that whole space has evolved and become a workshop space for children and a meeting place for lots of different people so yeah I'm just I, I just feel like I'm being led to what I'm meant to be doing and and I'm really open to it and and if it feels good I go with it if it doesn't feel good I it's not right for me at that stage so that's kind of how I run I love the simplicity of that thought process and I'm so not like that. I think about things and think, oh, I'd love to do this, but, um, you know, there's, there's a, so many excuses why not to and then it never happens or maybe it does if I'm thinking about it five more years down the track. <laughs> um, so I love that ever-evolving with you. Are you still doing, obviously now you're not, but will you still continue to do your workshops? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I think as the children get older, there's different challenges with that too. And you know, I need to be there a bit for for them. Um, so I'm just doing them as it works in with our family. And so I put a date up, and and so not as often, but definitely, yeah. I think it's needed. I feel like we need to be together. Um, and yeah, it'll it'll evolve again. I think and it'll be how it's going to be, but it's definitely important to keep it going, I think. And tell me a bit about your, I think for a little while there, you ran sort of some speakers and storytelling uh, functions in the huts as well. Yeah, so I, um, I had this idea and a lot of the time I've got a little book next to my bed that I <laughs> wake up in the night and I write my ideas down. And Love that. I went to, yeah, it's really, it's very powerful because you lose them in the morning um but i also i had i went to a funeral once and that was probably two years ago and i was sitting there listening to the eulogy and i thought i didn't know that about this person you know why am i hearing that now and that was the idea behind the thursday night at the westbourne huts and i just thought we need to start telling our stories while we're here 
So um, we've had speakers and lots of different on lots of different things and beautiful everyday people that have got amazing stories and as we all do and I think it's been it's it only fits so I think the most we've had in there is 40 uh, but that's really squashing in but usually we have about 20 and then I have a long table in the middle and we share a meal afterwards together and it was about coming together and touching base and and inspiring people and saying okay I probably had a really tough time too, but this is what's helped me or just knowing a bit more about people before you sit in that pew and hear their eulogy. So it was, um, that's been so beautiful. So I hope to start those again when we can all get back together. Oh, wow. I knew about them, but I didn't know it in that level of detail. And they, that sings to me. I, they sound so wonderful. I hope you keep them going. Yes, do. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So um, do you still paint then every day? Yeah, every day. So um, most days if um, I think if I've been um, if I've been working towards an exhibition and working a lot, um, I almost get saturated and exhausted after the exhibition when I need a little time to reboot and you also need time to um be inspired again and collect that beautiful motivation so mm. on most days definitely definitely in the studio how do you find your discipline are you quite disciplined about it or you just go with what what feels feels good and rather less structured uh, no definitely disciplined i think if you um if you're not it's not important to you um, so for me, I need to put importance on it. I try and get lots of my jobs done in the morning really early and then get out to the studio by 10. And, um, and that's most days apart from the days I work two days at, teach two days at Ju Young at the little public school and do art and wellbeing there. So, um, but I'll often come in after school and, um, yeah, so I just, if you let it, if you let that time go and the importance be on that, then it's it's um, it's easy to forget about it. And when it's part of who you are, it's really hard to let that go. And if I'm not that good, Halsey will say, um, "Do you think you need to go and have a little time in the studio?" <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's my upper, it's my drug, it's my everything. <laughs> How good? How good? But it's all natural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all natural. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, part of the reason why I set up this podcast was to speak to women who live rurally um, and uh, who, who are ambitious and who have their own businesses, but also to celebrate like life in the country. Um, how do you think your life in the country is perceived by clients and friends and relatives that you have in the city? Um, I think, I think it's, um, inspired a lot of people to move. I think it's been a really, you know, that it's, it's crazy and mad in the city and I love it and live there and love everything about it and visit quite regularly, but I'm really glad to leave. Um, 
I think that slower pace really resonates with people and maybe this is what that's going to do at the moment with um, with this um, coronavirus. But, um, but I also think it's maybe um, helping people to try and do what they love and make their money out of what they love and, you know, that what makes them tick maybe gets them to think a little bit more about what makes them tick and how they can somehow put that into their lives. Um, I think it's changing. I think that whole, when I first moved here, I think the whole art scene was, if you weren't doing a landscape, it was so, you know, people didn't understand it. And what are you doing? Oh, she's an artist. She's a little bit funny. But, um, and I embrace that. I love that. So um, I just think that understanding of us is is different now and that we're, you know, the country is full of amazing people doing extraordinary things and, and we're pretty um, resilient. We've had to be. Um, I think we're... We get knocked down maybe a few times and then we get up and when it's your passion, you get up really easily because it's in you, now it's in your blood. So um, there's part of that that I think is just in us and, and maybe admired by our city folk. I love that. I always like to ask anyone, um, people that I interview, if they've got any favourite rural businesses that they would like to mention or give a shout out to. I'm sure you have yeah, some. <laughs> I do, I do. I've got um I've got three. So um and it's hard because there's lots. There's so yeah. many, but um um the Long Track Pantry in Jugyong is a beautiful cafe that's um fifteen minutes down the road from us and Hugh and Juliet are amazing community minded people that employ so many people and um it's more than a business to them. It's their livelihood and they help so many people without people knowing and they're extraordinary and they're movers and shakers and they're beautiful grounded people um i also hang my artworks there so they've been so beautiful to hang my works there um and the other one is gino's fruit and veg so i'm going jugyong based um so jenny and gino are a beautiful couple that um they gino goes to sydney each week and gets to the markets and get fresh fruit and veg and so we are blessed to have that each week and um and my third one is my brother joseph and he has a business called the art of living and it's inspiration for interiors and gardens and joseph does amazing work and He's incredible because he, in his garden, he works with what's there. He makes the space beautiful um, inside. He can put something that's worth $5 next to something that's 5000 and make it look good and sing. Um, so, yeah, he's super clever. So I wanted to do a shout-out to him too. He is super clever. You you all are super clever. Um, and, Steph, I think my final question to you is, because I forgot to ask it before, but do you, what are your dreams for the, for the future, for home life and business? And I think it's such a reset this time of isolation. Uh, I think, Sky, for me, I am really living my dream and I am really blessed in that way. I think um, the idea of, um, with the workshops, just being able to, um, keep that going and and that'll be how it's going to be and i feel like um yeah i i i'm 
I'm pretty much living my dream. I'm I'm pretty blessed actually, and I'm just open to what the future holds. And I'm excited about the kids moving into different stages of their lives and watching that happen and embracing all of that and maybe living their dreams. And I think hopefully Halsey and I have established in them that it's really important to do what you love. And when you do what you love, you make money because you've got that passion. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm just pretty blessed to be living at Sky, actually. Oh, I love that. And it's the perfect spot to, to finish. Steph, thanks so much for um, taking the time to speak with me on company. And I've loved hearing more about what you do and where you live. Thank you, Sky. Thank you for inviting me to have a chat. Thank you to the beautiful Stephanie Corkill-Hiles for sparing some time in her studio to speak with me on company. You can find her at stephaniecorkillhiles.com or on Instagram at the same name. And while you're there, come and say hi to me at sky underscore manson. Let me know of anybody you think I'd enjoy interviewing on this podcast. I'd love that. Take care of yourself and I'll be back with more company soon.